Greetings, fellow visitors. This is Upgrade Terminal, a monolith fancast. I'm Malachi. And I'm Nick. Welcome back to the facility. Nick, it's good to be talking to you again. How was your week? My week was, for the most part, rather uneventful, really. It, nothing much happened. Although, uh, there is one little thing that mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't mind sharing. Uh, so, recently, my dad has gotten into doing uh, the New York Times online crosswords. Ah, a noble pastime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he He really likes doing crosswords, but he finds that the ones that come in like the local local newspaper just Mm -hmm. are a little bit too easy. He's already a bit familiar with how they're usually constructed. So he likes to do these that are a little bit more complicated, a little bit more tricky. Mm -hmm. So he's a, he's a pro. He's not playing on the, (laughs) he's not a crossword noob is what you're saying. No, I, I wouldn't consider him like a professional, but definitely he has an affinity for it. But the thing is, uh, he likes to do them with me, partly because Mm -hmm. it's fun, but partly because... You have a good vocabulary? Well, it's more like sometimes (laughs) there's specific vocabulary that he's not familiar with because he's he's not as well acquainted with U.S. culture and U.S. slang Mm -hmm. as much as I am. So there's Mm. little gaps in his knowledge, and I can sometimes fill those in, or I can sometimes... Think of a particular word that fits in this slot, and it really makes it so much more interesting and fun for the both of us. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's using uh, your knowledge of youth culture. <laughs> um, I wouldn't quite say it that way, that, but that makes sense, though. You know, you've got yeah. two people from two different generations uh, collaborating on a crossword. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I uh, I this week. Well, actually, today, um, I was in Seattle getting coffee, and I had something happen mm. that has never happened to me before, and I was curious if you've had this happen to you. Oh. So, you know when you order coffee at a mm-hmm. cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say Starbucks. No, let's not say Starbucks, because you know what? I don't like Starbucks. <laughs> That's fine. Unless, unless Starbucks one day wants to sponsor our little monolith pon- podcast, in which case, I love Starbucks. But... Um, <laughs> I usually go to local coffee shops. They'll ask for your name, right? And then they write mm-hmm. your name on the cup. So when the coffee's done, they shout your name. And uh, today, I ordered this cup of coffee. They didn't ask for my name, which I didn't think anything of that. But when the coffee was done, uh, the woman gra- that was serving the coffee grabs the cup and says, Malachi? She said my name. And I knew I remembered they didn't ask for my name. And I was so confused. It really took me by surprise, but I guess that their their payment system automatically grabs names off the oh. credit cards, and because I paid with a card, and uh-huh. put it on the cup. Have you ever had that happen? Uh, no. In my case, they always ask for my name. Yes. It happen- yeah. Me too. Huh. So yeah, I uh, I don't. I guess there's like new uh, new new checkout technology or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. So be on the lookout for that. That's new technology. I mean, the thing is also, my name is a lot more common than yours. So yours stands out a lot more. It's more memorable than mine. Yeah, it's actually kind of a issue for me at coffee shops. I've debated just 
like saying Mal, like M-A-L or something like that, because Malachi really confuses people. But anyway, so yeah, it's good to be back with you. Let's uh, jump into our discussion, our monolith discussion today. <laughs> and right at the top, we want to let all listeners know that there will be spoilers for the release content in this and every episode of Upgrade Terminal. This is going to be the only spoiler warning you get because I'm sure most listeners that actually want to listen to a podcast devoted to Monolith are pretty familiar with the game. So, Yeah, and I would say that any listener who already knows who we are or likely found us probably mm-hmm. is already intimately familiar with the game at this point. So they, they, especially if they follow our writing, because we tend to write about a lot of things regarding Monolith. Some of it is late game content, stuff mm-hmm. that you get right at the end. Absolutely. So because these are the things that we want to talk about, we don't want to spoil anything for anyone. So if there's anything about the game that you're not yet familiar with or that you're unaware of, I would suggest uh, go and play Monolith some more and find out about what's going on with that. Yes, yes. If that's not clear, we're very pro playing Monolith. And uh, <laughs> yeah, if somehow you found your way here and you haven't played through the game, stop now. And you can come back later. You don't want <laughs> to have the game spoiled for you. But um, yeah, so the first thing we want to talk about today is our favorite ships. Our favorite mm-hmm. ships, not our favorite fan ships. As in relationships. <laughs> not, not shipping. Not shipping. <laughs> yeah, we're not shipping any of the ships. No no ship shipping. Maybe we'll do an episode on that later. But. I, I was going to say, you say no ship shipping. I'm like, well, I might have had some thoughts about that at some point, but that's well, not what probably... this episode is about. <laughs> I may have had some thoughts too, you know? Yeah. I mean, who's to say that D13 doesn't fall in love with a crawler, you know? <laughs> I mean, my head cannons, presumably, but again, that's another episode. <laughs> Yeah, but Nick, what is uh, what is your favorite ship in Monolith? Well, it's definitely not Scully, that's for sure. What? Why? Why no love for Scully? <laughs> okay, uh, I don't want to harp on this for too much, but mm-hmm. Scully is just a little bit slow when you begin. Not very interesting or exciting gameplay. Uh, just it feels like oh, I like the weapon design, the sort of the. Mm-hmm the way weapons usually work. And I find Scully is just a bit tedious to begin. I like having a weapon early on to just kind of get the game going. And I just don't find it as fun in practice. It's it's fun to think about, but in practice, I just find, oh man, I, I really just wish I had like, I don't know, a good laser right about now. Yeah. And I, and then at the at the end of the game, you're like super powerful, and you have all of these modifiers on you, and you just mm-hmm. sort of break the game because you kill everything in two shots. And perhaps a slightly more relevant, I would guess, I would say, just dislike mm-hmm. is that for me, every character except Scully, they are they feel like they are part of the story of Monolith. They have a certain... They contribute to the tone, the atmosphere, the gravitas Mm -hmm. of the subtle story, you know? It's a story about visitors finding this cursed, long-forgotten power and, you know, dealing with 
horrible creatures that come for- forth from this r- domain and mm-hmm. the sense of loss that <clears throat> pretty much almost all of them in a sense fail their mission yeah. to some degree. And I feel like Scully just has none of that. <laughs> it is a complete <laughs> tonal departure from all of it. And I yeah, I would agree. People... I would agree with that. Yeah. And I get it's not that it's wrong or incorrect to be goofy and a little bit silly, mm-hmm. but I just can't get. I'm as glad a... you're not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I feel I can't quite get as attached to this character because, in a sense, it doesn't feel like they belong in this world, in this story, in the same way that Null and D13 do. Yeah, I, I kind of I feel like. I agree with you. It, the the tone, the Scully tone is very different. And I feel like Scully's, you know, everyone in the room is serious and Scully's cracking jokes. And mm-hmm. it's like, Scully doesn't know when to not make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so Scully's but, posting memes into the work slack, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I have nothing against the character and I've mm-hmm. played Scully and I've still enjoyed it, but I just don't, I, I feel like I am not interfacing with, the story and the atmosphere that the world just oozes out when I'm playing this character. Yeah, definitely not not as compelling. <clears throat> but so if that's okay, we've we've established Scully is not your favorite. Who do you like then? So I've thought about this, and we did talk a lot about this a little bit when we were sort of thinking about the topics. And mm-hmm. I came to the conclusion that as boring an answer as it may seem to some people. My favorites really are just Null and D13, the two of them together. Okay. I, That's, I, I don't find that uh, boring, but please expound on this. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, you pick the, the default characters as your favorite. That's a, that's a bit, you know, doesn't feel like an interesting choice. But I, from, a, from a gameplay perspective... Because mm-hmm. I, I always think about sort of both gameplay and story perspective. From a gameplay perspective, I just feel like the game is perfectly balanced for these two ships. You mm-hmm. utilize pretty much all of the mechanics in the game. You see everything, and I just I just find it fun. It's fun to play as Overlord with your swords and you know chaos with all your random stuff and AB with actives. That's all fun. But at the end of the day, I feel like these two ships represent sort of like the essence of Monolith and what I love so much about it when Mm -hmm. I play it. Yeah. And then you have the story side of it, which is like, I find the journey that these two ships go through as you play through the game to be just a very compelling one. I just... I am deeply fascinated by, you know, these two ships together. And like, what are they? Are they friends? Are they rivals? Something else? What What is going on between them? What mm-hmm. compelled them to dive into the facility and search for this? Like, we yeah. we are told at the start that you know they are searching for the power eternal, but it's never really established why do they want it? What do they want it for? What do they hope to achieve with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that they're definitely, I would agree that they're, they're kind of like the core of the game, you Mm -hmm. know, like the, the, the null D 13 story is, is the main focus. And then chaos and overlord. I mean, that adds awesome 
backstory to the game mm-hmm. and it fleshes out the world but mm-hmm. still and i think team d13 themselves would agree that this the story between Noel and d13 is is what the the rest of the game revolves around so mm-hmm. and i i'll i'll make one more final point <laughs> and then i'll let you <laughs> speak but i f- i want to point out specifically that the moment, the f- the sort of the original final moment of the game, mm-hmm. before the DLC added a whole bunch of cool stuff, it's it's the fight between Null and D13, but Null has become monolith. Mm-hmm. This, for me, is like the emotional peak of the game. It is, is the highest point. Mm-hmm. It is, for me, such a compelling moment that you, as D13 this ally, this friend of yours, the the one that you came here with, now you have to shoot them down. Like you have Mm -hmm. to fight against someone who used to be presumably your friend. Well, again, we don't exactly know what the nature of that relationship is, but that... Friends, I think most people would agree they're at least friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I just find that moment like that that revelation that this is what you have to do, like you have no choice but to shoot them down, it is a moment that I find incredibly compelling and interesting. And it is why in my writing, I have come back to this singular point many times over because that's how much of an impact it had on me and why they're my favorite ships in the game. Yeah, I've come back to that point as well in my own writing. Actually, mm-hmm. the latest thing I wrote about Monoth was all about that moment. And it really is awesome because that I think that moment um, changes the game in a very fundamental mm-hmm. way because it, it I would actually compare it to um, Downwell. Uh-huh. <laughs> the ending in Downwell, which I guess mm-hmm. spoilers for Downwell, but Downwell, you're just, it's very arcadey, right? The first mm-hmm. time I played it, I had no idea that there was any sort of story there. Um, but then when you get to the end of the game, your cat is at the bottom of the well and you're reunited with your little cat. You save your cat, you fly out of the well. That, mm-hmm. that moment changed the game for me. Not on the same level as Monolith, obviously, mm-hmm. but the first time you see that, the first time you see, oh my goodness, Noel is taken over by Monolith and then D13 has to shoot them down. And then there's this whole sad moment of D13, like looking at the destroyed shell of Monolith and their friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, that completely changed, put the, the story in a new light. You know, I looked at it in a, in a different way. So yes, I, I love that about it so much. Um, I guess the way I would put it is that it recontextualizes what you've been doing so far in Downwell it feels arcadey, like an adventure. It feels sort of very, very I guess, how do, how do I want to play it? Just, just for the sake of it. But when you find out, oh, you're rescuing a cat, that infuses the gameplay with a whole new meaning because now you're doing this for a particular purpose. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it does recontextualize it. Thank you. That's that's the word for it. And I, I love it when games do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and what is supposed to be like, you know, you finally achieving victory, you've beaten the game on hard mode and you've beaten the final boss, you're supposed to feel triumphant, you know, yes, you did it. And then, but 
the fact that it's null means like, well, I did it. One. Yeah. At what cost? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. And that's why actually my favorite ship, um, is D 13. Um, I, to me, I, I think of D 13 as the main character Mm -hmm. of the game and the emotional center of the game for the same reason that you were just talking about on a like a aesthetic level i love the design of d13 it's a good one yeah i i just recently um i on the discord i posted uh, an image of i made a i i've always liked lego and uh, i used my <laughs> extremely limited lego supply <laughs> to try and make a a d13 and uh i i framed it and hung it on my wall <laughs> because i just love uh d13's design i find it really really cool mm-hmm. and uh, when i first started playing monolith and i saw that there were pins mm-hmm. um, i immediately saw the pins and the stickers and i wish d13 was on the shirt because i have that too there's only null and uh you know i'm, I'm not a null hater but uh, <laughs> i would love it if d13 was on there too um, but i i bought those pins because i was like oh yeah i want to you know, I put D13 uh, sticker on my on my water bottle. I've got that, so I've got that wherever I go. And then I had the pin. And actually, after I got the pin, uh, I put it on my my bag, right? And I went to work, and we were interviewing a new employee. Uh huh. This guy was really interesting because the only thing he brought for lunch was a can of pickled asparagus. <laughs> odd choice odd choice but uh he shared it with me it was it was really good pickled asparagus but i had this uh i had d13's pen on my bag and he Mm. he saw the pen he looked at he's like huh so you like video games and i was like yes and i like kind of in because one of the reasons that i like to buy you know i've got a downwell shirt i've got my monolith shirt when i wear those i'm kind of hoping somewhere out in the wild i'm going to run into someone that's like oh hey monolith and then i can just run and embrace them and be like oh my long lost brother (laughs) (laughs) and uh so i thought this was that moment you know and i lean in i'm like "Uh, yeah i do and he's like i know that game and i was like oh my gosh this guy okay i can forgive him for the giant can of asparagus he's eating (laughs) he know he knows monolith and he's like yeah no I, I think i know that game and i was like you do and he's he sees me getting excited he's excited he's like yeah he's like it's galaga right and then i'm just oh. like oh and then i slapped the can of asparagus out of no. the can. <laughs> no i don't believe you did i don't believe you did no but i was very disappointed i was like ah no no it's not galaga my friend but anyway yeah I, I, d13 will will always be my, my, my favorite. I just, I love the design too much. So, but yeah, but besides the ships, um, we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite enemies in the game as well. So our, you know, we talk about our friends. Now we'll talk about our enemies. (laughs) Uh, Nick, why don't you, uh, tell us a little bit about your favorite enemies. So, um... actually, actually, why don't we go, uh, back and forth? You can tell, you can give us one and I'll give one. We'll just go back and forth. Okay, good idea. One of the thing, the theme that runs through my picks for enemies uh-huh. is that my choices for what my favorite enemies tend to be are enemies that I feel make for interesting room designs or interesting combat encounters. Mm-hmm. And to that extent, my first pick was Transistor, which, uh, if uh, listeners aren't quite sure which one that is, it is uh, this like 
enemy looks like a bright green rhombus or diamond, mm -hmm. and it is connected to these smaller, tinier green di uh, diamonds, and you either shoot the big one, or if you kill all the little ones, the big one explodes. I find that really cool because it leads to this interesting choice between like, well, do you kill the big one or do you take care of all the small ones? All the small ones also shoot at you, so you, and you're also putting other enemies into the mix. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's a very interesting idea to experiment with in mm -hmm. room design. Malachi, your turn. I love the, the design of the transistors as well. Nick, you bring up a good point that when we mention these enemies, and I think uh, I think this has been joked about on the Discord before as well, but uh, there's a lot of enemies. Not We don't always remember their names, so it is good to, dis to describe them <laughs> for listeners. Yeah. Um, but my my one of my favorite enemies and uh -huh. i think this will be a surprise to no one that knows me mm -hmm. uh the first one i'm going to mention are the crawlers yep um i so i'm different from you nick because i i, I also appreciate interesting room designs and and i like the the different encounters but the thing that attracts me to specific enemies the most is their design and i i love the crawlers i i don't can I explain why? Not really. There's something in my brain. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a tiny piece of blue metal that was lodged up there when I was a kid or something. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> but I love crawlers. Um, and I think what really cemented their status in my heart is uh, the the line in the Bisheri that says that there is a secret kingdom somewhere in the facility. And just the idea, that idea... I've talked about this mm -hmm. uh, in other places, but I want to I put this in this podcast for my posterity so when my grandkids are listening to this podcast, they'll know why I loved these crawlers and why, what I thought about this. I think that is just amazing world building mm -hmm. um, because it's a tiny, I know it's a tiny little sentence, but to me, it just opened up this crack in my imagination. And when I crawled through, there was the crawler kingdom. Mm -hmm. I thought it, it's just so much fun to imagine that like, as I'm going through the facility, you know, that there's a whole nother civilization, there's a whole nother society hidden somewhere in there that's just doing their thing and sending guys out <laughs> to crawl on the walls and shoot fire at me. So I, I love that. I love that so much. I, I commissioned the, uh, there's a monolith fan artist. I mean, they do a lot of art, but uh, Oka Jamira on Twitter commissioned them. I was like, Hey, I want to see your take on the crawler kingdom and uh they put they they did an excellent job uh mm -hmm. they they drew some cool like a uh, crawler uh like hieroglyphs and things like that it was very very cool but that just really captured my imagination so i love the design the the the, the big red eye and mm -hmm. uh their cool little uh spider robots and yeah so that's my first pick is is the crawlers surprising no one <laughs> yeah i i think one of the themes that we're going to see is like I pick it I pick enemies because they're interesting from a mechanical standpoint Malachi picks enemies because they're cute or aesthetically pleasing mm -hmm. yeah thanks so, for spoiling my list <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I mean we we did talk about this before and you I don't think you could keep a secret what your favorite are, favorites are you just love to talk about them and that's yeah. cool that's why we're doing this exactly yeah what, what's what's your next one Nick my next one is the Destroyer. Again, for the benefit of the listeners, the Destroyer 
is the enemy that uh, at first you don't see it immediately, but then it spawns in. It sends out this big warning, like lots of bullets, and just shoots hundreds of bullets in every single direction. Undodgeable. But... It's like a giant construct, right? Yeah, it's a giant construct, but the room is always designed in such a way that you have cover, but you have to figure out, oh, this is the danger, I need to react quickly, and then have to sort of peek behind cover at appropriate times to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Again, I just find that it leads to interesting room designs and considerations as to how do you design a room with this kind of enemy in it, alongside with, again, more enemies to sort of really spice up the encounter. Oh, yeah. Destroyer rooms are always... Uh, they've always got me on edge. Always it's, also just, it's also just fun watching players who encounter them for the first time because they have no idea, like, what's that? And, like, what? That's so many bullets. That's not fair. It's <laughs> like, well, you got to stay on your toes. Yeah, and it's really quick, too. It, it, it transitions between its two attacks very quickly. Mm -hmm. So you can't really you can't stay behind cover because it you know it launches it, it it can attack you behind cover and then it gets you out in the open and launches mm -hmm. bullets again. So yeah, Malachi, what's yours? Uh, I'd say my next one is uh, the Hermits. Mm -hmm. um, I love the Hermits because they have great fashion. <laughs> I uh, I'm a scarf guy. I've loved scarves since I was a kid. So in like autumn when it's scarf season, I'm always celebrating. I like to wear scarves. I like to see scarves on other people. I just they're awesome. So yeah, hermits with little scarves on. I know they don't all have scarves, but I I love the ones with scarves the most. So yeah, they're just cute, and I really like. Um, so there's two hermits that will appear in the hub. Mm -hmm. And I actually love the enemies appear in the hub, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a later episode, but there's two of them. There's a shy one and that's the one that you can play tag with that runs mm -hmm. around. And then I remember the first time I went to play tag with the one that's not shy and he just <laughs> goes, get lost. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that little hermit. I just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I love him so much. So mm -hmm. I always respect him. You know, yeah. he asked me to get lost. I'm like, Oh yes, sir. Thanks for hanging out in the hub. Come back, come back again soon. What I in the, on the subject of hermits, mm -hmm. uh, there is a another third recurring hermit, which is the hermit that gives you the care package. And, oh yeah. And if you talk to talk to it, it'll say the cat sends its regards, referring referring to Clinus. And I'm like, what do you what do you make of that? That apparently. The cat can just has just hired them, and he's just like, yeah, go go send a care package to them down the floor. I I like that. I like that. Yeah, I I forgot about that because I haven't bought a care package in Monolith in a very long time. <laughs> but um, I I like that. I, I'm glad that uh, Kleins is putting this all the scrap that uh, I've given him to good use. You know, the, the, the that's the economy of Monolith. You know, I'm glad the Hermits got work to do, getting getting jobs, getting by. <laughs> What, do you have a third one for us, Nick? I do, and it and this is the martyr, or the martyrs. Again, for the for our listeners, these are like they have a particular behavior. These enemies, I mean that in that if you don't kill any of them, they kind of just ignore you. They mm -hmm. just leave you alone. But the moment you kill one of the martyrs, all the others immediately lock onto you, and, and they like dash towards you and shoot bullets. And yes. uh, in my experience, 
this is a pattern of behavior that a lot of players take a long time to pick up on. They don't realize, oh, this is how they work, because usually the instinct is enter room, see enemies, shoot at enemies, and, you know, dodge them. Mm -hmm. But if you just stop and examine them, you realize, oh, wait, if I just don't attack these, they'll leave me alone, and I can handle everything else so much easier. Yes. Of course, then what they do is they will probably put them in front of the other enemies so that you have to attack them. Yes, yeah. It, it took me quite a while to realize that. Yeah, because I would always just go in and shoot, and I was like, oh, they're attacking me. But I, I like that as well. It's a pretty unique behavior for an enemy. And it can also reward players who pay attention and think like, well, I, I can have a different plan of attack if I just le let the, let those enemies just chill, and then mm -hmm. I just take care of them at the end after everything. Yeah, no, I've I've definitely done that before. You know, tried to take out the other guys and then go back to the martyrs. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your third pick? My third pick is um, the imps. They were added in the DLC. They're the little. Uh, they've got a, a hood on, they've got horns and a hood, mm -hmm. and you can't see their faces. Their faces are obscured in darkness. You can just see their eyes. Mm -hmm. So there's something about this kind of character. I mean, um, I think the first time I saw them actually was probably in Star Wars when I was a kid. Um, the Jawas that sell droids oh, in the desert. Right. Um, and uh, the Final Fantasy Black Mages are the same way. You know, they got, like, you never really see their face. You just see their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, I also, uh, growing up, I loved uh, The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, which I played on Game Boy Color. Highly suggest you guys check that out if you've never played it. <laughs> Very fun. But there's a there's a character, a whole race of characters in that game called Sabrosians, and they live underground. And the same thing, they've got little hoods on. You can only see their eyes. I just love... Love that design. Oh, also Magalore from uh, from Kirby. I, I just I was playing Kirby mm -hmm. yesterday, and I'm like, oh, there's another little guy. You can't. He's got a hood on. You can only see his eyes. Um, I just love that kind of design and characters. Um, so yeah, so they're just adorable. Yep. I just I love I love all the little enemies, but those are those are three of my favorites. It certainly seems like there's certain uh, tropes of character design that your brain just loves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that one just, like, the imps is a good example of that because it just taps into this. I have a better idea of where that comes from. It's just a lot of characters I've loved throughout my life, you know? It's like callbacks to that. It's a, it's a familiar flavor, if you will. <laughs> it's as good as reason as any to love them. Yeah. So uh, I think we both have an honorable mention, right? Yeah. So my honorable mention are the mimics. Mm. And the mimics are not really mechanically all that interesting if i'm honest they're they're enemies they shoot you you dodge them but i find it interesting that there's this enemy in the facility that can mimic the visitors like mm, like they they yeah. can take on the designs of either null or d13 depending on which one of the two you're playing and i'm like how do they know what to mimic and like what is the what is the purpose of them mimicking them? Like, yeah. Like, what, 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 why is this here and what does it, like, what is, what is it trying to tell me? And I don't have any, like, deep insights into this. I just find it, like, really interesting that there's something here that's trying to look like you. Well, and 
I don't have much more else to say than that than other than I just think that's neat. It is neat. And their design is like, they're like fleshy, you know, it looks like flesh. So that it's almost, because it, it almost looks like they're, they have like an eye, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's very, very interesting design. Mm-hmm. And what's your honorable mention? Um, I'll mention the constructs. I like all of them. Um, I think they're very aesthetically pleasing. And I actually was thinking the other day that that would be like, like out of all the monolith characters, maybe perhaps the easiest and best suited to become a Christmas tree ornament or <laughs> uh, or like a wind ornament that you could you could just hang in the wind uh, would be mm-hmm. the constructs. So I might I might explore that option. That'll be my next uh, monolith uh, fan project. <laughs> you you say that or Christmas tree ornaments, and I'm already thinking like beneath the tree, it is littered with crawlers. <laughs> I did make a Lego crawler and put it in my Christmas tree a few years ago. So I saw that. <laughs> you you make good Lego designs. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our monolith fan cast. Our first episode. Hey, we did it, Nick. Woohoo! Um, before we wrap up. We just want to say thank you to Ark of Dream, a.k.a. Garoslaw, for allowing us to use his music and sound effects in this podcast. He is a fantastic composer and a lovely person, so we're very grateful for his permission and his generosity with the work he's done. Please check check out the Monolith soundtracks, both the base game and the DLC one, on his Bandcamp page. Yep, you can support him directly there. Ark, thank you very much. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, you can reach out to us on our Discord server. We will post the server link in the show description. There you'll find fellow pilots to talk with and discuss the show. Thanks for listening. We'll hope you'll join us next time. This is what you came for, isn't it? So be it.